Welcome to TCC Alive, a podcast of Tulare Community Church. Well, as you might have perceived, today we're talking a little bit about the uh, parable of the sower, parable of the seeds, and the life it brings. It's so happy. I'm, I'm so happy to have Mayorino and his family, Hi Panchita, uh, and the others here, because I learned a wonderful thing. When we first came in contact with La Hermosa and the work that was going on out in the campos and stuff. I'll tell you a little bit about that later on. But that's what sowing the seed is. Starting new things, growing in different ways. Oh, Heavenly Father, give us eyes to see and ears to hear today. And then help us to put into practice things that we learn today in our community right here. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, you know that I love you, right? You know that I love each and every one of you. And I love you as a, a corporate group. I love you together. Do you love me? No, I heard somebody out there say no. (laughs) Well, this is somewhat, somewhat of a hard message today. So let's get into the word and be comforted there. You know about the soils. I'm not going to read that first part that Pastor Daniel read from 13... Uh, 1 through 9, you know that the seed that is being sown is the gospel of the kingdom of God. It is the story of Jesus Christ. It's a story of his birth, his life, his ministry, his teaching, his death, and his resurrection. That's what's being sown. The sower is Jesus and anyone else that will take up his cross and follow Jesus with that story in hand and spread it. We're not supposed to just keep it to ourselves. That's very good. That's nice. We can be saved. But that's not the point. The point of the sower is that he casts the seed out. He doesn't hold it in. What would be the point? What would be, what would be the produce if you just held the seed to yourself. Now, some of that seed fell on a path. Some fell on rocky soil, and some fell on thorny soil, a bunch of weeds and stuff like that. And some, some fell on good soil and produced. That's it. That's what we need to be, is that good soil with an absolute, certainly mind made up that I am going to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. We need to do it singularly and we need to do it corporately. And we are doing that to a degree. Oh my gosh. This church, as I've I've told you before, is doing a wildly successful job at 
at helping and encouraging and, and providing for others who are out on the cutting edge of Christianity, who are spreading the good news and serving one another and all that. It's fantastic. But the thing I want you to know is that we need to do it out of here as well into our community. And I think that's exactly what this passage is telling us. After he said this, he said, He who has ears, let him hear. Then the disciples came to him. I'm reading from 13.10 and following in Matthew. Why do you speak to them in parables? Now, parable, that's a Greek word. It's made up of two words. Para means beside and bole means to throw. So a parable is a story that's thrown beside the actual information that Jesus wanted to impart to them. He didn't tell them plainly. He told them in parables many things. But he said to his disciples, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it has not been given. There's an actuary here. Someone did this. The disciples were not worthy of knowing the uh, secrets of the kingdom any more than anybody else that Jesus was talking to. But God Almighty, Father, Son, and Spirit contrived to give these men and those who followed them in like soil an understanding, a way of understanding that comes through the Holy Spirit where, you know, elsewhere Paul tells us that you can't understand this word of God. It goes right over your head if you do not have the Holy Spirit of God teaching you and opening it up and making it seem real to you. He told that to his disciples. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. That's the good soils. And then God gets indicted. Jesus gets indicted a little bit for this next passage. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. We're talking about faith. We're talking about belief and trust in Jesus Christ. If you have a little... God will add to it and grow it and cultivate it and, and call and do all sorts of wonderful things for you. But if you don't have faith at all, then you are stuck. You only get faith by asking and seeking. God said, in the Old Testament even, he said, you will seek me and you will find me when you what? Seek me with your whole heart. We're going to see in this parable there are people that look for Jesus a little bit, care a little bit, but even what they have gets taken away because it's not their whole heart. 
It's not good, deep soil. This is why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they do not see. And hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, from Isaiah 6, it says, this is the old people of the, New Te- of the Old Testament, and it applies perfectly well to those people in the New Testament. And to who? To us. You will indeed hear, but never understand. Again, no true seeking. And you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull. That is a horrible... That's that's just terrible. Don't let your heart grow dull. Don't get so used to this life of following Christ that it's mundane and it's every day. Be filled with excitement. Be filled with happiness and and desire to serve all the time for your whole life from beginning of your life with Christ all the way to the end. Be filled with joy and happiness and the Holy Spirit of God. But we, we get anesthetized. We get afraid. We get busy. And we turn dull if we don't watch out. They can barely hear in their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. The Lord would heal. The Lord would restore and replenish. But those who are like that would not. 16. But blessed are your eyes. He's talking now to the disciples and to all believers. Blessed are your eyes, for they see who they were standing with. Look who's, who's talking. Jesus Christ, Lord God Almighty. He says, your eyes see and your ears For they hear, for truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed, longed. The the idea of that word is, is to just thirst terribly. Longed to see what you see and did not see it. And to hear what you hear and did not hear it. We are blessed. We have given such uh, uh, an amount of provision in, in, in the gospel and, and in this holy book, the Bible, and in prayer and fellowship and mission and all of that kind of stuff. What will we have to say if we treat that lightly? What are we going to tell the Lord at the end when we meet him? What are we going to say? Oh, sorry, I got busy. 
It isn't going to work. Hear the parable of the sower, says Jesus. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what he has been sown. And that is what is sown along the path. For, as what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while, and then tribulation and persecution arises on account of the word, and immediately he falls away. So the one on the path doesn't understand any of it. It's someone who is not called, not chosen, not given an opportunity even. Who does that? God does that. That's our basic understanding of the sovereignty of God is that he is in control. And he makes the decisions about who is path, rocky, thorny, or good soils. So we need to pray to him that he make us good soils. The one with uh, the rocky soil is, is very easy to understand. You know it. You've known persons. They're in church a while. It gets hard. Something happens in their life. They lose. They, they have some kind of reversal and they blame it on God. Well, that's who that is. They fall away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Very easy to understand. That's the busyness of life. That's the business. That's the family. That's the ownership of things. That's uh, involvement in personal aggrandizement, honors, and and joys and glories taken upon ourselves and those kinds of things. We're very selfish in that regard. Unfruitful. Then the beautiful words. As for what was sown on the good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He doesn't say anything like that about the other soils. They don't understand. But understanding is with that seeking of whole heart the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And we get Savior. It's very easy to get Savior. We want to go to heaven. The other place ain't so good. You have half a mind. You know you don't want to go to hell. Right? So we want to go to heaven. But we seek lightly. Yeah, let me go to heaven, but let me also, let me have, you know, this part of the world. Or later on, later on, I'll come to you, you know, and and I can have it all. Well, what do you say? Those that don't have, even what they have, will be taken away. That's faith he's talking about. 
in that regard. The all that you should seek, the all, is the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of Jesus Christ, here and in heaven. That person, the good soil, bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. Now we've heard preachers preach on the soil. We've heard them preach on the seed. We've heard them preach on the sower. But I tell you, I think this is the crux of that whole section of of 13 in Matthew right there is reproduction. It's at the end in the, in the place where they put the most important stuff. It's, it's yields. I saw Mayorino go out from La Hermosa. This is back in about, 19, about 2007. I would say about 2007. And I had been in uh, this position of church planner for TCC uh, maybe eight months, nine months. We went down to Mexico with a group of kids that had been going regularly and doing ministry out in the campos, out in the, the very poor areas around Ensenada. And that struck me. I had read lots of pieces of information about church planning because, you know, I are one. So I needed, I needed to learn something about it, but it didn't hit me until I saw Pastor Mayorino and Yadi and Laura and Panchita and David and all those getting in a rickety old truck, driving over a very difficult uh, place, finding people and taking them the gospel and food and clothing and being with them. How marvelous. That was the gospel being worked out right in front of my face. That's the way to do it. And I think of now that the government has seen Jesus said they'll know you by your fruits. The fruit of that ministry is believers in Jesus Christ, and the world loves that. If we look like the world, they're not going to want to know what we're doing, and they're not going to want to be part of it. But if we look different, and people get joy and happiness... And abundant lives filled with faith. And they're going to want to know. I'm reminded of, of a ministry closer to here up in Fresno, Ray Moore's house church. Very poor, no money at all. When they take up an offering, it's 10 bucks, something like that, out of 40, 50 people. But they are so impacting. We've told you before, 
when, when Ray and uh, Rick Borowski, Rick and Sharon Borowski started this ministry there in the inner city Fresno, and, uh, there were murders about every month. There was gunshots every night, sometimes during the day. And now, as Ray took over a, a former gang member himself, as he started to love those gang members and those ostracized people and treat them like they were important and that God cared for them, the church grew in not so many numbers, but in its effect on the community around it. So that just a couple of months ago, the police chief of Fresno came and knocked on Ray Moore's door and told him, thank you for changing the whole attitude of that very difficult part of Fresno. Now there are no gunshots. Now there are no murders. Now there are gang members that come and sit around the little churches as they, as they sit and worship Christ and and kind of peer in and see whether it's for them or not. This is the kind of thing that goes on, and we need to do it out there. And I don't mean, I love the fact that you support church planting. In fact, I was going to say, Daniel, can I have that 41 bucks for uh, <laughs> church planting? It's not in, the, not, in the, not in the budget, you know, yet, so, okay. I love the fact that you support church planting, but this doesn't serve you. You grow. You grow in the depth of your love for Jesus Christ and your understanding of this Christian life when you yourself go out onto the cutting edge. There's this whole community out there. There's a whole, there's a whole city here that is that is in need, great need. We need to treat them like they're important. We need to humble ourselves, I think, a bit. I'm sorry, I I think it's true. And get out there and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. You will see miracles, I promise you. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for these words. They are so exciting and so full of life and the character of Jesus Christ. And this is the way he lived his life on earth. And we are asked to follow him in this very way. And so we pray, help us to see, help us to hear, and help us to put into practice those things you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about the ministries and mission of Tulare Community Church, visit us at tccalive.org.